here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here from the Mark Levin Show World Headquarters. Yes, the World Headquarters. That's where we are. As you know, I'm the Senior Judicial Analyst, as as well as Director of DEI on the Mark Levin Show. And Chairman of FU, Fatties United. I wear many hats here. Just the way it is. I take these responsibilities seriously, even though they weigh heavily on my shoulders. Nonetheless, here I am, and there's a lot to talk about. Pressure is building and building and building in the media and among the Democrats to violate the Constitution. In fact, to destroy it. And what they're trying to do, the White House, the Democrats in Congress and the Democrats in the media, is force the Republicans to capitulate, to fund every penny of Biden's budget. Now that would, of course, destroy Republican hopes in the presidential elections, potentially, and gut their ability to hold on to the House and maybe take the Senate. Biden knows this. Biden is a street thug politician. The media know this. They are street thug Media types. So that's what's going on here. And so the push is for Biden to go ahead and fund the debt on his own. And to say he had no choice, that the 14th Amendment allows it. And then catch me if you can all the way up to the Supreme Court. And then the pressure will be on the court. And they've tried to soften up the court. They've tried to threaten justices of the court to capitulate to their agenda, whether it's race, whether it's abortion, whether it's spending, whether it's elections, whether it's anything else. In the meantime, and I want to expand on that in a moment, Pacific Western, a huge bank, is going belly up. Apparently, apparently, they've lost 50% of the value of their stock. 
Um, then we have First Horizon Corporation, another. Uh, it's lost about one-third of the value of its stock. TD Bank was going to buy First Horizon. Now they've put it off. This is something to be very, very worried about. And this wasn't happening under Trump. It's happening now because, again, the spending is completely out of control. The Fed is trying to counteract the spending. So the fiscal spending is out of control. The Fed is raising interest rates to try and control the consequences of the fiscal spending. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. Many of these smaller banks can't handle this. When you took out mortgages at 2, 3, 3 4%, the people holding that bag are these banks. And when inflation's going through the roof and the Fed's raising interest rates to try and control inflation and the Democrats want to spend even more and are threatening the Republicans with violating the Constitution, these smaller banks, these so-called regional banks, they can't handle this. Because now they're caught. They're subsidizing the lower interest rates on the mortgages, which everybody wisely took advantage of, I hope. Now the interest rates are going up, so what they pay for the money, that is these regional banks, is higher than the interest rate on mortgages. And there's no relief in sight given what Biden and the Democrats are doing with spending. That, in a nutshell, is exactly what's taking place here. By the way, we're going to get to the Proud Boys trial. We're going to have Julie Kelly on in hour three. There's a lot here that you don't know, and you don't have to be big fans of the Proud Boys to believe in civil liberties and due process. And uh, this is really a very, very shabby period in our history. Uh, the way these judges, and I don't care who appointed them, they're obviously of one mindset in Washington, D.C., are conducting themselves. So I will circle back to that. Regardless of the headlines that will be applied to me that I support the Proud Boys. Why would I support the Proud Boys? Not only do I know very little about them, I have nothing to do with them. Last time I checked, they're not exactly constitutionalists, but that's beside the point. So here is Corinne Jean Jean-Pierre at the White House briefing. She's been told what to say. And the problem is the Republicans in the House. That's the problem. So here they are. They just come into office. They're sworn in in January. They're sworn in in January. And it's all their fault. It's all their fault. Why? They didn't pass the budget. They didn't impose this debt. No, no, no. It's all their fault. Not Pelosi's fault. Not Schumer's fault. Not McConnell standing back. Not his fault. Even though they all contributed to it. White House is saying not our fault. All we're asking them to do is raise the debt ceiling. And if they don't pay for everything we demand... 
then we're going to default. And what a bunch of deadbeats these Republicans are. That's exactly what's going on. And we have liars on CNN and MSNBC, liars in the print media, liars on the networks. It's that simple. Here is Karine Jean-Pierre. Cut one, go. Director Young said a moment ago that, that the math is the math when it comes to the, the, the debt ceiling issue. Does that apply to vote count as well? Because neither the House or the Senate have the requisite votes to pass a clean debt limit increase. So the solution that the president is proposing is at odds with the current reality on the Hill. Does he need to adjust in order to, to get right with, with reality? Well, Congress needs to act, really. And when she says, I mean, wait, hold on a second. When you say, when, we, when she said the math is the math, this is going to be catastrophic for American people. There's a reason why we call uh, the bill that House Republicans put together uh, the Default on America Act, because it is. If they move forward with what... Uh, 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 uh. Because it's all politics with these people. If the economy collapses, all for the to the better for them politically. That's the way they view it. They're going to have the media behind them. They lie through their teeth without without pause, and they think this will be a knockout punch. And I already told you the speech they're going to give. I told you yesterday, the Republicans are endangering Social Security recipients, Medicare users. They're endangering hospitals, police, firefighters, working people, blue-collar people, same thing, but nonetheless, this is what they're going to do. While they're the ones who are destroying our economy, printing so much money that we now have banks failing, We're going to have businesses shuttering. We are one foot into stagflation. And they're damn near going to push us into a depression. Now, what happened last time we had a depression, America? We went from a very bad recession to a depression. What happened last time when we had a depression? The Democrats took the Congress for a generation... They had with who the Democrats believe is their most popular president ever. We have a destruction in many respects of our constitutional and economic order. A massive increase in the power of the central government. Fundamental changes without amendments to the Constitution or anything of the kind. They saw what happened. Listen, they saw what happened in the COVID-19 virus pandemic. What blue state Democrat governors were able to achieve in terms of violating civil liberties, shuttering businesses, compelling people on how to behave, removing people from public places, shutting down churches and synagogues. You saw what they did. And if you have an economic, excuse me, if you have an economic catastrophe, you can imagine the kind of power they will exercise. The Republicans want nothing to do with this. The Democrats want it. They want it. Go ahead. We know all of House Republicans and MAGA Republicans voted on this bill. It is going to hurt American families. Here we go with the the MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans. Listen to how she lies. Is every Republican who voted on this bill a Trump supporter? No. 
They're not all, it doesn't matter. They're all MAGA Republicans. Because MAGA, they're trying to turn into a curse word. And they have learned. They have learned from the most vile dictators in the last century. About the big lie. And how the big lie takes hold when you just keep repeating it. Over and over and over and over again. MAGA Republicans, MAGA Republicans, extremist MAGA Republicans. We support freedom and democracy, MAGA Republicans. These people have a totalitarian mindset. They do not care about their country. It is party first. Why? You say they have children and grandchildren. Why? Because they're the leaders of the Democrat Party. They're the surrogates of the Democrat Party. And so the party comes before the country. I've said it a thousand times. The Communist Party in China comes before the the country of China. The Communist Party in Cuba comes before the country of Cuba. The Communist Party in Venezuela comes before the country of Venezuela. The people can go to hell. And the ruling class wants to hold on to their power at all costs. To you, not to them. To you. There's nothing complicated about what's going on here. Biden refuses in any respect to cut spending. And so all these phony moderate Democrats in northern New Jersey, in the exurbs of Virginia, other areas in this country, all of these phony moderate Democrats have helped put us in this position. Go ahead. Up to also be very clear with Congress, uh, with Republicans in Congress, you got to do your job. It is simple. You so take Republicans, old- your job in Congress is to do what Joe Biden tells you to do. Is to spend every penny Joe Biden insists that you spend. We've got two hundred million for a park in San Francisco under Pelosi, pork barrel. I guess that's for more homeless people and drug addicts. You've got $2 million that Schumer put aside for a hip-hop museum in New York City. you got to vote for that. you got to do the whole thing, whatever they demand. And one of the reasons McConnell is not hot to trot, he won't get involved, is he supported all this crap. He's got tons of pork barrel spending in here. But they don't care about you. What Biden is saying, here's your choice. Either we shut more banks by driving inflation even higher. Either we destroy more American lives by driving inflation even higher. Make economic activity utterly unpredictable. By passing my spending requirements. Or... I'll kill the economy. One shot right to the temple. That's why it is problematic to have a thug street politician like Biden. There was no marbles left. It was all about himself and his party in the Oval Office. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Shalanda Young is a leftist who worked on Capitol Hill a long time, and you may remember her famous testimony, Infamous, where she refused to define a woman as well. She's the OMB director, and at the White House she said this, cut to go. Like you heard Corinne talk about our economist report. Uh, clearly, any of those things should concern any American. Uh, they're going to be paying more uh, for, for loans in this country. It's going to take their cost of living uh, any higher. Of course we're concerned. Uh, we're calling on the reasonable people in this town to do the right thing. Look, a bill tomorrow. This is what we don't talk about. Congress could put a bill on, on the floor tomorrow. Avoid default. No, they Def- can't, actually, because... All the Democrats are doing is taking their orders from Biden. So Congress can't put a bill on the floor tomorrow. What you're saying is that the Republicans have to go along with your spending. And I want to make this clear so you can repeat this, folks, so we don't lose this battle. I don't know of any time, even in recent history, even Obama buckled at some point and said, okay, you're going to have to make some cuts. I got it. Biden won't do it. He will not do it because he's a sick bastard. That's why. And I hope I'm quoted on that. Certainly is. I'll be right back. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. By the way, as a side note, uh, we posted 
that our Sunday show is going to be a big show. We're going to focus on civil liberties and civil liberties lost in this country. With Alan Dershowitz in a long-form interview in ways he's never really been interviewed before, as well as the uh, young lady who left North Korea as a refugee and went to Colombia and what's going on there. Now, I will only do these shows as long as you want them. And I don't normally read comments. But we put that up on my own social sites. And some of you have said you're boycotting the whole network so you won't be watching the show. I will tell you this, I will be monitoring pretty much how many of you are watching the show. And if you're going to boycott my show too, I won't do it. I don't have to do it. I do it because I think you'll like it. Right, Mr. Producer? So, if that's the attitude, and I don't think it is, I think it's a few morons who get online and just do what they do. It's no skin off my nose. You know, my, my goal in doing this program and Levin TV and the Fox show is for us to be able to come together on certain issues or to expose certain things so we can help save the country for our next generation. I don't think it's any secret that I have enough money. I don't have to do any of these things anymore. I'm not patting myself on the head. Quite the contrary. I'm just saying if, if people aren't interested and they want to boycott, fine. My wife might be thrilled. She says, we never take a vacation. We never have time off. I got it. I understand. I understand. I'm only talking to those who are trying to stir the pot out there. If that's your attitude, and I don't mean you, most of you, I'm talking to them, then you're not, you're not hurting me. I don't live for it. You're not hurting me. I just try to do the best I can at everything I do. I think I'm now one of the oldest constitutional conservatives in terms of longevity in this business. And when I took up the battle against the establishment, against rhinos, against Democrats and so forth, it was extremely lonely. I remember a column at National Review saying, well, who exactly are the, is the establishment? And I remember a couple of my friends, I've only mentioned who they are in this business, saying, I, I don't know about this. And they were friends with the establishment. I'm not, and I never have been, and I can't stand them. That's why I backed Reagan in 76 when I was 19 years old in the Republican primaries in Pennsylvania. I just point this out. But clearly, you'll do what you want. Now, I do say, if you can't watch it live, you can always DVR the program. But some people, this is what they live for, some hosts. This is it. They have nothing else. And this is what they live for. I live for finding every platform I can to advance our cause and to help save our country. I worry about my kids. I worry about my grandkids. You worry about your kids and grandkids. I worry about this country. 
I am in love with this country since I was a teenager. That's what I did. This is what I do. So I just I just want people to make sure that they're thinking these things through properly. Uh, we've had extremely strong ratings the last two weeks. We've interviewed Donald Trump both weeks. And we will continue to do these, what I consider great shows, not because of me, but because of the format and the guests. As long as you want to watch them. And if you decide you don't want to watch them, I'll stop doing them. It's that simple. But I want to go on here a little bit further. There's a lot more to cover. John Tester is this, this clown out of Montana. He's a Democrat. He's hanging on by his fingernails, but he's up for re-election. He votes hard left, hard left, hard left, but he has this quasi-crew cut, and he pretends that he's a tough guy. He's a rancher, weighs about 714 pounds. And, of course, he's on the Scarborough Show. He's on MSNBC. Cut three, go. The 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States says you can't do this. Right. Why are we normalizing or accepting negotiations over something which shouldn't and can't be negotiated? It is all the time, though, isn't it? Well, this isn't the first time this has happened in Washington, D.C. No, but we often go to the brink over uh, the budget, not over the full faith and credit of the United States government. So they have this guy, David... Rothkopf, I don't know who he is, saying that the Constitution prevents the Republicans doing from what they're doing. And I'm telling you now, in much of the media that you don't watch, MSNBC and CNN, or you don't read USA Today and the New York Times and the Washington Post, and so, they are pushing hard, hard, by cherry-picking phonies, frauds, and reprobates to say this kind of stuff to try and give cover to Joe Biden should he decide to do it. I'm not saying he will. Should he decide to violate Article 1 of the Constitution and destroy separation of powers and the core function of the House of Representatives? And Mitch McConnell's sitting on the sidelines because he participated in this dirty work and has for 20 years. The Democrats did this in the House before the Republicans were sworn in. Go ahead. Challenge here, and that is we all watched the, the, the show to elect the Speaker in the House three months ago. Yeah. What did McCarthy promise? Exactly. And I think that adds another. You know, uh, a year, folks, a couple of things. We're going to run out of money. No, we're not going to run out of money. What did I tell you the other day? 350 to $400 billion comes into this government every month. That's your money. Every month. So they have that money. It's just not enough to cover the Biden spending plan. And so the Republicans are saying, we will raise the debt ceiling so we can borrow more money. But we've got to start to slow the trajectory. So we will create more debt, but not as much as Biden wants. And that's where the rubber hits the road. The Democrats are saying, no, you do not hear this explained on Scarborough's show because he's an ass. 
And he's a fraud. That's why. You do not hear this explained anywhere. Except here. Anywhere. Mark Zandi's chief economist of Moody's Analytics. And he was at a hearing today. Cut for go. By my calculation, the X date, the day in which the Treasury will run out of cash to pay all the government's bills on time. Now, isn't that interesting? Hear what he said, Mr. Producer? They run out of cash to pay all the government's bills at one time. They don't run out of cash for Social Security, Medicare, veterans' benefits. But they don't have enough cash for much of the other stuff. If they want to prioritize the military, they will have enough money for the military. Which is about 65 to 70 billion dollars a month. But what they're saying again is, we'll run out of money, we will default, we won't have this, we won't have that. And they're the ones doing this. So as I said early in the program, Joe Biden is giving America a choice. Either these Republicans vote to further swell the debt, massively increase inflation, more bank failures, more mortgage failures, an utter disaster, or he's going to put one shot in the temple of the economy and drive us over the edge immediately. And you're not going to hear that on MSNBC. And that won't come out of a single Democrat's mouth. This is why they will never come on this program, ever, or any of my programs. This is why. Now, this bank crisis is expanding with these regional banks. And we don't even have a debt crisis yet. It hasn't even come to a head yet. And is expanding. Because of what Biden and the Democrats did to the economy. And it's going to keep expanding. It's the same thing they've done on the border. They've destroyed the border. Millions of people are coming into this country. We don't know who they are. They're coming illegal. Let me prove it to you. Jay Johnson on MSNBC today. Obama's guy. Cut eight, go. Uh, Six, make that six, go. But watching those people just scrambling for whatever supplies, scarce supplies that they could get was, is heartbreaking. Yes, and it shouldn't it happen. The, the wealthiest country in the world should be able to feed, clothe, house, and process uh, and, you know, migrants to this country. This is a- let's, let, 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 let's stop there. First of all, that's not a question. That's an opinion. She should have gotten a hook a long time ago. The wealthiest country in the world cannot feed, clothe, and house every human being that pours into this country. It's an impossibility. Whether we're the wealthiest or not, it's not possible. How would you do that? Where would this take place? This is the problem when people live and sleep and socialize and get drunk or whatever they do in Washington, D.C., which is the capital of bullcrap, which produces nothing. Literally no industries. This is the problem. When you're in this kind of an, a cultural bubble, 
Andrea Mitchell, we should be able to take care of it. It's heartbreaking. Nobody's told those people to come to the border. Nobody's told those people to do anything that they're doing. Except Biden. Go ahead. There are two million cases backlog. Yes. And why, why can't we? I mean, I mean we, we can say it. Because I'll tell you why we can't. Everybody doesn't have papers. Everybody doesn't have identification. Everybody's not in a database. We don't know who the criminals are. We don't know who the terrorists are. We don't know who the real parents are. We don't know who's being sent here as a coyote for the drug cartels. We don't know any of these things about people who show up with clothes on their back. That's all they do. So when you say there's a backlog of two million, what are you talking about, Andrea Mitchell? What would you have us do? Now, what Biden's doing is processing them into the country as fast as he possibly can without going through all the protocols. And still there's too many. That's why you have to have a system in place that's manageable, that's lawful, that secures the border. Because what's happening here is inhumane. But Andrea Mitchell's too damn stupid to understand. Go ahead. Money in the budget available, discretionary money that could be thrown at this. Hire people, process, and... When you have people coming across our southern border in these numbers, even with the additional resources we have now, it's simply not feasible to keep track of them all. And Do you understand that, Andrea Mitchell? Do you understand? Have you ever managed anything? You could throw a trillion dollars. You're not going to be able to do it because the information doesn't make itself available. And sometimes it never makes itself available. I'm sick of her. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Joe Biden is a human wrecking ball. That's what he is. He blows things up. He blew up the border, which was more secure than ever before under the President Trump. He blew up the economy. He blew up the currency. This is what he does. He blew up our leaving of Afghanistan into a surrender. And so he's going to blow up what now? Our financial system. Look what he's done on the border. 
guy pretends it's secure. So this is the man who's dealing with uh, with the economy. This is the problem. This is the problem. I know you're all worried about what's happening, and you should be. You should be, because uh, here's a title from a serious report. Half of America's banks are potentially insolvent. This is how a credit crunch begins. This is how you drive an economy into the ground and damage our finances. It's spooky. Thousands of banks are underwater, said Professor Ahmed Saru, a banking expert at Stanford. Let's not pretend that this is just about Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic. A lot of the U.S. banking system is potentially insolvent. How did it happen? How did it happen? Biden did it. The Democrats did it. Inflation. Endless spending. That's who did it. That's who responsible. And they're not done. What they're doing now. Now, I know you're worried about this. Federal Reserve staff, they're worried about it. We're headed for a recession. There's no question. I feel like we're in it. I feel like we're heading towards stagflation. And depending on how this turns out, a depression. But what do I know? Now, all right, I've got more to get into here tonight. I want to tell you about Sotomayor. Justice Sotomayor. There's a big ethical issue that has not been reported on the news today. I've been watching. And certainly won't be raised by the Democrats as they try to destroy the the Constitutionalist Supreme Court. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, America, it's amazing. We talk about vigilante mobs. We don't want vigilante mobs, but we have vigilante mobs, and mostly on the left. And the vigilante mob wants a Marine, a man who served as a Marine, he's 24 years old, on the subway in New York, who grabbed a guy and choked him out. The guy apparently has uh, scores priors it was threatening people on the subway i'm sure he didn't intentionally murder him uh, but the mob has formed and they are demanding that he be prosecuted for murder and aoc said he should be prosecuted for murder i really really feel like we live in a country that is Really at rock bottom. Really at rock bottom. People feel like they can commit crimes and when people step in to try and prevent them, 
They're the ones who are charged. The mob comes out on the streets. The Marine was, is white. The guy that was threatening everybody was black. And that's just good enough. That's it. That's it. And the mob is demanding the Marine's head. And uh, AOC wants the Marine's head, too. The same AOC who doesn't believe in more cops on the streets because more cops commit crimes. And this is where we are. The, the, the vigilante mob on the left runs the cities. And that's why our cities are a disaster. Now, I want to talk about uh, Sotomayor, Sotomayor, Justice Sonia Sotomayor. This really hasn't been discussed today. And I want to thank our folks over there, our friends at Red State. There's one certainty in politics. If a Democrat is accusing a Republican of doing something, it is the Democrat who's inevitably actually doing it. That dynamic played out again Wednesday. After a major revelation about Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, uh, damn thing, I got it, hold on, called into question all the recent left-wing attacks on Justices Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch. For the last few weeks, a coordinated assault on the court's conservatives has taken place, with numerous press outlets releasing reports supposedly detailing corruption. In reality, essentially everything charged amounted to nothing illegal or unethical. In the case of Thomas, he was not required to report the free travel he received from a longtime friend. Secondary charge that Thomas misreported income also turned out to be nothing more than a simple technical mistake involving two entities with nearly identical names. And we've since learned, of course, that Justice Jackson failed to do that until she was nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court, and she had to go back to 2014 to fix her forms. As for Neil Gorsuch, he was accused of selling land to the executive of a law firm that had business before the Supreme Court. Once again, reality got in the way of the far-left hysteria, though after it was revealed that Gorsuch sold the property just nine days after being confirmed, and the person he sold it to had no business at all before the court at the time. You get the idea. These attacks have been absolutely ridiculous. But that did stop Senate Democrats from calling a hearing to furiously wag wag their fingers. Well, they're going to have to call another hearing because it's been revealed that Sotomayor took in $3.6 million, as reported by the Daily Wire in an excellent story. $3.6 million from a book company that did have business before the Supreme Court at the time. Greg Price points out on his Twitter, Sonia Sotomayor received over 3 million, 3.6 for her books from Penguin Random House Publishing and then didn't recuse herself from a case in which they were involved before the Supreme Court where the company stood to lose money. What did Clarence Thomas do again? Mm-hmm. In 2010, she got a $1.2 million book advance from 
Doubles Day Group, a part of the conglomerate. 2012, she reported receiving two advance payments from the publisher totaling $1.9 million. That's a lot of money for advances on books, and I guarantee you she hadn't sold anything close to what I've sold. Now that sound you hear is every Democrat who demanded Thomas and Gorsuch resign, suddenly running away from any discussion of Supreme Court ethics. Well, the accusations against the conservative justices were silly and shallow. There's actual meat on the bone regarding what Sotomayor did. The publishing company in question actually stood to lose money, depending on how the court ruled. Yet she took millions of dollars from it anyway, and then did not recuse herself from the case. And the individual bunch here who wrote this piece says, I'm a fairly simple man, but that sure seems much worse than Thomas getting a free vacation from a friend or Gorsuch selling a piece of property. Sotomayor's actions look even more scandalous when you consider the other liberal justices who took money from Penguin House did recuse. Did recuse. And while AOC, will she be filing articles of impeachment against this self-proclaimed wise Latina as she said she'll do against Thomas? No, of course not. She just called out a, a retired Marine who's trying to protect the people on the subway. And unfortunately for that retired Marine, the jurisdiction that's looking at this is Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. I feel bad for that man. I feel bad for the Marine. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And Sotomayor, is she going to be questioned? Hmm? Little Dick Durbin. Then we have Big Dick Blumenthal. We've got, what's that idiot's name, the other one, Connecticut, Christopher Murphy. The nasty things they said. Crickets, not a word, because the Democrat Party burns things down, blows things up. And while I'm at it, Sherrod Brown, a.k.a. Sherrod Man of the people, Mr. Blue Collar. Senator Sherrod Brown. I know it's Sherrod. I don't care. NBC News received an extra property tax credit and racked up penalties for late payments. This guy wants everything taxed, especially you. Sherrod Brown for years claimed an owner occupancy tax credit at two properties. Public records show Potential violation of the state's rules governing such incentives. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Brown and his wife, journalist Connie Schultz. Schultz! Also were late paying the tax bill on their Cleveland house at least seven times since buying it in 2013. Missing a payment deadline as recently as February. According to documents kept by the Cuyahoga County Treasurer, at one point in 2015, the county labeled them as delinquent. After they failed for months to pay a nearly $1,200 bill. Responding to questions from NBC News, Brown and Schultz this week paid a $390 penalty. Stemming from their most recent late payment. 
Brown also repaid Franklin County, where he owns a condo in Columbus, for occupancy credits he should not have received. His campaign manager, Rachel Petrie, said yesterday she did not say what caused the errors. They were hoping not to get caught. I can tell you what caused the errors. You know, the funny thing is, I don't really understand the tax code, local, state, federal, county, whatever it is. And I have to pay an enormous amount of money to have people do this stuff for me in two different states. Because I want to get it right. Because I know how I will be treated, Mr. Producer. And these are great people, don't get me wrong. But tax lawyer, two CPAs, and a tax lawyer in another state. This is America today. And then you're told you don't pay enough, or you should pay more, maybe 90%, by some old red jerk who's a millionaire preaching communism. That's right. Bernie the Red. Anyway, so uh, Sherrod Brown is a, a tax cheat. State and local officials citing Ohio law and explicit requirements for eligibility emphasized to NBC News that owner occupancy tax credits are intended for only one property. Everybody knows that. To claim the credit twice, a married couple would have to demonstrate that they live separately. Spokesperson for the Ohio Department of Taxation pointed to several excerpts from state law. When asked what consequences a couple could face if a county auditor or treasurer found that they'd improperly claimed the tax credit on two properties. One section states the property owners would be required to pay back what they weren't entitled to, plus interest. Really? You mean they won't be charged with a felony, moved up from a misdemeanor? Why? As for their late payments, publicly available copies of property tax bills for Brown and Schultz Cleveland Home show fees for missing deadlines. Ready for this? 2022, 2021, 2019, 2018, 2015, and 2014 taxes, Mr. Producer. It's like the Biden setting up two S corporations so they don't have to pay into the Medicare and Obamacare taxes. They're all sleazeballs on the left, these Democrats. They don't want to pay their fair share. Their fair share. U.S. Senators are paid 174000 a year. Yeah, well, they get all kinds of perks, and now they get another 34000 right? Brown, a former Ohio Secretary of State and state lawmaker, who joined the Senate in 2007, also noted 26000 in 2021 income from Ohio State Retirement Fund, so now he's up to 200000 That document also listed 133000 to 395000 and joint assets against two hundred to five hundred thousand and two mortgages identified as liabilities. The full scope of Schultz's income was not provided. That's his phony journalist wife. But in twenty twenty one she earned more than five thousand in speaking and freelance writing fees in addition to book royalties and salaries from Kent State University. She had a book and got royalties from Kent State University. I'm sure that was pristine. 
The point is Sherrod Brown didn't pay his taxes. Not once, not twice, but over and over again. And that's just on his properties. He took two occupancy tax credits when he was supposed to take one. So that's violation number two. And then we have these Democrats in the Senate talking about, we have very strict ethics rules, and what are they going to do about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, took a flight very early this morning from Virginia to Florida. And in the distance, I saw a guy with short little bastard skinny legs and a head that was out of proportion in terms of size, kind of balloonish. I took a second look, and it was Andy McCabe. As he was shuffling around, not sure what line you should get into. So he got in the line where you don't have the... What do they call that line? I Premier, TSA, whatever it is. You know, when you go through the background check, and he had to go in the regular line, the former FBI guy, because I guess, I think he's on a no travel list or something. I don't know. Very weird. Uh, maybe he couldn't get through it. I don't know. But uh, that was Andy. Can we call him Andy? And then uh, as I was getting on the plane, I saw Guy Benson, a fox. And uh, I've never met Guy Benson before. Nice as can be. Nice as can be. Good guy. I like Guy Benson. And bigger than I thought. Everyone says that to me. Bigger than I thought. But he was bigger than I thought. But anyway, that was Guy Benson. So let's see. Annie McCabe. So the day started out poorly. And then Guy Benson. Then it improved. So there you have it. Um... Anyway, I was telling you about the the banks, uh, interest rates now I should tell you about too. They just went up again. Interest rates just went up again, another quarter point. The Fed has raised interest rates 10 times now. 
Fed hikes interest rates for 10th time in a row and signals potential pause. I'm just telling you, all the wrong signs. All of them. The quarter percentage point increase in the Fed's benchmark interest rate. Um, 5% to 5.25% now, up from nearly zero a little over a year ago. That's the highest level in 25 years. In 25 years. Biden just set a match to this economy. He didn't care. He was told not to do it. He did it anyway. The Democrats went along with him. He spends like a drunken Marxist. Federal Reserve raised the key interest rate again. Also signal is ready to pause. They're afraid about pushing this economy into a place from which it can't recover. They said, the Fed said, its actions would be dictated by the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. English, if these dumb bastards in the White House and the Democrats in Congress keep spending and borrowing, keep creating more and more inflation, we will have no choice but to increase interest rates. That's what they're saying. And Biden is telling the Republicans, you must increase deficit spending. You must massively increase our debt by over another trillion dollars in one year. 1.2 trillion to be specific. You must support that or I'm going to kill the economy. So I'll kill it slowly or I'll kill it quickly. You choose your poison. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand-new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Mark Levin, the voice liberals fear most. And you can call Mark at 877-381-3811. You know, I, I would tell you folks, they're so worried about Donald Trump's taxes, how much he's worth. And of course, he made his billions before he became president. And lost money while he was president. And I only bring this up because Obama's lecturing us against about America at the Columbia Journalism School. Ha ha, what a joke, right? And we're going to play some of this, but you need to know some background. According to an estimate by 
analytics at American, American University's business analytics program, and it's fairly extensive. Barack and Michelle Obama could make as much as $242.5 million post-presidency, have made as much as. Quarter of a billion dollars. Quarter of a billion dollars. What do you think about that? Quarter of a billion dollars. Well, let's get this started, Mr. Producer. Just make sure I don't miss my sponsor. Here's Obama in a video message to Columbia Journalism School yesterday. Cut 13, go. Our democracy has always faced its share of challenges, but increasingly it feels like we're at an inflection point with rising inequality, deepening polarization, and widespread disinformation. At the same time, we're also trying to adapt to advancements in technology like AI that could profoundly change our world. If we want to preserve our democratic ideals, we need to face these trends head on, and we need all of you to help us do it. Journalists have always been on the front lines of the struggle for democracy, and some of you have the scars to prove it. And that's why it's so important to find creative ways to reinvigorate quality journalism. It's why we need to keep standing up for the rights of journalists around the world. Many who are facing increasing threats and challenges just trying to do their job. You know, this guy, other than Biden, he's the biggest fraud around. During his presidency, he went after James Risen of the New York Times. He went after James Rosen of Fox. He went after the Associated Press. People had their cell phones monitored. They had their phones bugged by the great Eric Holder. He was one of the worst presidents when it came to a free press that we've ever had in this country, certainly in modern times. And there he is invited to give a message to the Columbia Journalism School. Because they're all a bunch of left-wing kook you-know-whats. Talks about inequality rising. He and his wife are worth a quarter of a billion dollars. They've certainly made that much. From what? From nothing. From nothing. Cut 14, go. As a private citizen, although one that can still get a fair amount of attention, I plan to keep shining a light on the biggest challenges that democracy faces. That includes revitalizing our political institutions, coming up with more inclusive and sustainable models of capitalism and creating a stronger democratic culture, but it also means creating an information environment that reinforces rather than erodes our democracy. One in which truth matters. One in which we are able to distinguish between fact and opinion. One in which we're able to tell a common story and not just a bunch of separate stories that reinforce our biases and our prejudices. What in the world does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. Our common story. 
he does not believe in free speech. He does not believe in freedom of the press. He's demonstrated that through most of his career. He's demonstrated it, as I just said, when he went after the press in ways that even Richard Nixon didn't. Franklin Roosevelt did. Woodrow Wilson did. This is a Democrat thing. But he wants conformity. And what does he mean sustainable models of capitalism? As I said, he and his wife have acquired a quarter of a billion dollars. And he's talking about rising inequality. He lives one way and he talks another, like Bernie Sanders. Multimillionaire lives one way and talks another. You'd think they're Mahatma Gandhi or something. They're not. They don't take a vow of poverty, these Marxists. They live high off the hog, as all Marxists do, if they're in the ruling class. Barack Obama was a lousy president. A lousy president. He could have been a great president in terms of bringing the country together and so forth. But he's a lousy president. And many of the destructive things that Biden's doing are from staffers that worked for Obama and now work for Biden. And I'm quite serious about that. But here he talks about inclusivity. What does that mean? Capitalism is the most inclusive economic system on the face of the earth. You want to go out there and do something and make a buck? Go ahead. Nobody's stopping you. Nobody even cares what race you are. Just do it. And there are many people who've made a fortune doing just that. Coming to this country with absolutely nothing. Or born in this country with absolutely nothing. We all know that's true of capitalism. It is not true of Marxism and socialism. You're in a class, you're in a caste, and that's it. There's no way out. Talks about deepening polarization. That's his middle name, deepening polarization. He tore this country apart with his propaganda. As Biden has with his propaganda. That's why they were attracted to each other. That's why he picked him as his vice president. Not because he was smart. Not because he represented a big state. He represented Delaware, a tiny state. But they share the same contempt for the average person out there. Now he talks about the media. Talks like a Marxist. What is he talking about here? Creating an information environment that reinforces rather than what sours our democracy? One in which truth matters. One in which we're able to distinguish between fact and opinion. The Democrat Party exists on a pile of lies, on a foundation of lies, at every level, one lie after another. But they're going to tell us what the truth is? And they're serious about controlling the, uh, the mechanism of speech that exists out there. They're very serious about it. And they're in the midst of doing it. They're in the midst of doing it. So I wanted you to hear from 
Biden, who's worth a quarter of a billion dollars, excuse me, uh, Obama. Biden, who has his two S corporations, he and Dr. Uh, Jekyll, I mean, Dr. Jill. Uh, in order to avoid paying Obamacare taxes and Medicare taxes. What do you think of that? And isn't it funny how Joe Scarborough never talks about this? Isn't it funny? The entire lineup, the entire lineup of repulsive boobs over there at MSNBC never says a damn thing about any of it. And so for the sycophants that watch that network, all seven of them, they never get the truth. And yet their lies, according to Obama, are the truth. So I wanted you to hear this. Because I think it's important. All right. I'll be right back. Mark in. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Man, oh man, of Shevitz, this show is racing by again. Next hour, by the way, we're going to discuss what happened in court with the Proud Boys with uh, Julie Kelly. There's nobody better because you're not getting the whole story. And of course, I dare to put my foot, my toe in this pond. And I'll be attacked. I don't care. That's not why I'm here. I'm here because of you, my beloved audience, and to get you information so you can make your own decisions. I'm not part of the crowd. It's just the way it is. All right. Let us continue. We've got so much here. Epic Times, one of the great sites. Matt McGregor, contrary to the narrative that pervaded the media the evening of January 6th, what attorney Michael Hamilton experienced before he left the rally at the U.S. Capitol building was a day of peace and prayer. Hamilton, who also attended seminary many years ago, held a worship service on the front lawn of the Capitol building. People were singing hymns and with their hands held on the air praising God, Hamilton told the Epic Times. Everywhere he went, he said, there were deep heartened patriots. Then three 15-passenger white vans arrived flanked by squad cars that Hamilton said he later confirmed to belong to Antifa, <clears throat> a far-left extremist group. And when Hamilton began to observe was a different, aggressive energy flooding into the crowd shortly thereafter. All morning, people were just walking, but this later infusion was racing and frenzied, he said, and trying to work others into a frenzy. He said these new protesters were dressed like Trump supporters, but they were not Trump supporters. 
They could disguise their appearance, but not their spirits. They were angry. It was time to leave. What happened later that day has fueled conflicting narratives and pitted American citizens against the federal government. And what has been deemed a partisan weaponization of the Department of Justice. The prevailing media narrative paints the supporters of former President Trump who were at the Capitol as domestic terrorists. Well, those who were actually present, like Hamilton, said that what the media and the left have declared took place isn't the real story. For Brad Geyer, an attorney who represents several January 6th defendants, who've been accused of conspiring against the government, the real story is much more alarming. It's basically like this, he said, all hands on deck. Everybody grab a fire bucket and just start dousing the flames, Geyer said. The Bill of Rights is on fire. The list of constitutional amendments protecting the rights of citizens has lost its meaning to the federal government. Federal agencies like DOJ, Geyer said, prompting both Geyer and Hamilton to step into the breach. Geyer, who worked in several divisions of the Department of Justice for 21 years, said the law enforcement tactics used against foreign combatants are now being used against American citizens. Now, what's interesting about what this guy's saying with 21 years of experience in the Department of Justice is similar to what Jim Tristy says, who represents Donald Trump in the documents case. He spent over 30 years at the Department of Justice at one level or another, in one way or another, over 30 years. And he said what he's seeing now with the treatment of Trump, with how this prosecutor's office is conducting itself, he said it right here, is something he's never seen before. It's something he's never seen before, and so then you have these whistleblowers coming forward. At a DOJ or the department, or the FBI rather, about Biden, because they can't stand watching this anymore. You have a senior criminal supervisory IRS agent who's now a whistleblower talking about how they've been trying to cover up for Hunter Biden. People are coming forward, whistleblowers. And it's interesting, there's only certain whistleblowers the media care about. Whistleblowers that listened in on Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine. One word, which they tried to, which they tried to turn into whatever that was, to impeach the president. It's unbelievable. But now we have multiple whistleblowers, and of course, now we're not to believe them. CNN did a great cover-up job today. Caitlin Collins, I think her name is. When you bring in Adam Schiff, it's a cover-up job to begin with. Where's Comer's evidence? He doesn't have any. He's got a whistleblower. He's not going to reveal their name. He has subpoenaed a document. Did you not notice that, Caitlin Collins? How have you always been an idiot? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, I thought when they were talking about the coronation of a king, they were, they were talking about Biden. I guess I got confused there, Mr. Producer. 
Welcome, America. We will have Julie Kelly on the program in about 15 minutes. I want to finish this piece by Epic Times. So remember this attorney, Geyer, who worked at the Department of Justice for over 20 years. He, uh, he says here, uh, there's a story no one is telling. The FBI is executing unconstitutional search warrants on people with misdemeanors and keeping them in jail without the right to a speedy trial based on the contrived use of laws applied to circumstances that are either taken out of context or simply didn't happen. They couldn't do this without the trial judges in Washington, D.C., that's for sure. The search warrants are out of control, Geyer said. There will be 20 to 30 agents conducting the search. Suspects, husbands and wives have reported opening their front door and being covered in red dots. Now, you know what that means, right, Rich? Rifles are aimed at you. Exaggerating the reality, federal prosecutors take hyperbolic statements made in texts or on social media posts, such as, we have to fight and twist them into an exhortation to engage in terrorism, he said. There are endless examples, Geyer said. They did this across the board. For the law enforcement agencies appointed to protect the American citizen, the Fourth Amendment no longer applies to them. I think we're run by gangsters, Geyer said. The FBI and the DOJ need a complete overhaul. Mm-mm-mm. Both Hamilton and Geyer have represented defendants in cases not only in the J6 community, but also on an equally and possibly not unconnected violation of human rights. The COVID policies that force vaccine mandates and fatal medical treatments that ignored early treatment protocols. With the arrival of the mask mandates in 2020, Hamilton said he felt called to withdraw from private practice and meet on the front line. What he saw is the beginning of a Marxist siege. Both Geyer and Hamilton, both lawyers, have helped start grassroots medical freedom organizations. The former Feds group and Declare Truth, respectively, that support those who've had to face termination from their jobs due to COVID vaccine mandates. Those who have suffered from hospital COVID treatment protocols, such as the use of remdesivir, and those who have been targeted for gender reassignment surgeries. Those separate focal points, Hamilton said they're all weaved together in a cohesive malignant scheme. The masking, gaslighting, the isolating, telling people it's not okay to say what you want to say, think what you want to think, or post what you want to post, these are all the essences of, an American, of American freedoms, and they're being attacked. Hamilton said, from where I stand, there's a spiritual war going on between good and evil, and people today are having to choose which side to stand on. Those who are doing the dirty work of the enemy are getting free passes right now. Those who are standing up for truth in the Constitution are getting butchered and sacrificed at the altar of this weaponization. as key public officials and their family members go unprosecuted for allegedly treasonous acts. Geyer pointed out that January 6th defendants with only misdemeanor charges continue to sit in jail. The DOJ has taken license with the Constitution to the extent that sorting through its duplicity has become a jumbled mess, Geyer said. 
It's terrifying to be an American right now, Geyer said, adding that the country may already be lost. Both Geyer and Hamilton agreed the building blocks for the foundation of the Marxist plot began to be laid decades ago, with one of its goals being to target children through the educational system. Who wrote all about this, Mr. Producer? Seriously, folks, this is what I do. Day in and day out, night in and night out. And I'll just be honest with you, my family is very, very concerned. Not that I'm obsessed or anything, but that I don't take any rest time. I don't take any breaks. John Dewey, who created the... Anyway, goes on. And so there you have it. America has changed. And so the Proud Boys, maybe they are what the media say. I don't know anything about them. But maybe they're not. Point is, I don't trust the media. And I don't trust the feds. And so just because they say something doesn't mean it's true or doesn't mean I'm going to believe them. And I've heard some things about the closing arguments with respect to these, this group of people. And I want uh, Julie Kelly to tell us about it. Uh, and that this judge, I think his name is Kelly too, always appointed by Trump. I've explained this before. Many times before. Let's just take the three basic levels of federal judges. There's more, but take the three basic. Federal district judges, that's the lower level of trial judges generally. Okay? The next level is the appellate level, circuit judges. And then, of course, the highest level is the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court was created by the framers in the Constitution. The appellate courts were tr- created by the Judiciary Act, the earliest one, by Congress, and the district courts were created by Congress. And they have the authority to do that. At the low level, the federal district court level, the trial judges, often a judge is appointed by a president who knows nothing about that person or doesn't even support that person, but they cut a deal. They cut a deal when the Democrats control, say, the Judiciary Committee, and you have a Republican president like Trump. What will happen, and Reagan had to do it, all these presidents have had to do it, say, okay, look, I want two district court judges. I will give Schumer, I'll give you Democrats one. And that's typically how they break the logjam. Not at the circuit court level. We never negotiated for appellate court judges and certainly not Supreme Court judges. But at the district court level, you have about a thousand judges. So when somebody says, that judge is a Trump judge, I look a little deeper. I want to know if that judge who's a Trump judge was really a Trump judge or part of one of these deals, if you understand what I'm saying. So in and of itself, that doesn't mean anything. When you hear me say that somebody's an Obama judge or somebody is a Clinton judge, it's because I've looked into their backgrounds and they are that. In other words, they are ideologically aligned with those, with those presidents. But not necessarily so, <clears throat> unless you look behind. 
and see their, their resume, their biography. And so Julie's going to tell us what she saw and report on this because there's many things happening now that are problematic. These people are not in front of a jury of their peers. They're in front of Trump-hating jurists in a city that voted 7 8%, 6% for Trump. And that's a problem. And you know who it's the biggest problem for, Ms. Reducer? Trump. That's why all these matters are in front of prosecutors, investigators, in these heavy, heavy Democrat cities. I'll be right back. Mark Julie Kelly is a remarkable person, has a legal background, fantastic journalist. She has been dogged in following January 6th and what's been going on. Julie Kelly, uh, welcome. Um, The Proud Boys have been watching on TV and elsewhere. They talk about convictions here. Um, Four out of five of them. What were they convicted of and, and what exactly occurred at this trial? Well, Mark, again, thank you so much for your kind words covering my work and getting this important information out to your listeners. This is really a travesty of justice. Four out of five of the Proud Boys were convicted of seditious conspiracy, which is a charge tantamount to treason. Um, They were also convicted of other conspiracy counts, obstruction of an official proceeding, Um, They really committed no violence. They weren't accused of assaulting police officers. Only one was accused of destroying government property. Uh, But the important part of this trial, four-month trial, really two-year case, where Judge Tim Kelly acted as an extra lawyer for the prosecution, repeatedly denying defense motions. By the way, let me stop you there. This guy has done this a lot. He's done this. He sort of did this in the case with Bannon, I believe. And he's done it in other cases, too. But I could be wrong about that. I know there's another case where he kept giving the prosecution everything they wanted. Um, uh, Maybe that's the case with Mark Elias's partner. I'm just trying to remember which case. But I remember that name and I remember thinking, wow, this guy is is a is a, uh, a a Department of Justice judge. He is, Mark, and here's the problem. Not only is he a former Department of Justice official, he worked for years for the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, which is the exact same office, Matthew Graves now, who is prosecuting and handling every January 6th case. And there are reports that he used to work for one of the one of the uh, prosecutors who's sort of overseeing this, Jocelyn Valentine, who you might remember was also involved in the Mike Flynn prosecution. So this is the epitome of the swamp. They are all in cahoots. His wife also works for Muriel Bowser, who is a D.C. mayor. He never should have. uh, Julie, I knew I knew, you know, when they say this. 
This guy's appointed by Trump. I was explaining how deals are made at the district court level for the appointment of these people. That sometimes a Republican president says, all right, you guys get one, but I get two. Now let's get them through the Senate. I saw this through the Reagan administration. Democrats have done it, too. This is not really a Trump guy. This is just a, a hack prosecutorial bureaucrat, part of the Washington, D.C. Uh, situation. And it's and they keep throwing Trump's name around. Go ahead. That's exactly right. But he has been a D.C. fixture, especially Department mm-hmm. of Justice, for decades. He also worked for Charles Grassley on the Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. So he's very tuned in to the establishment Republicans, I would say. And he really showed his true colors in this trial. I've written extensively my works at amgreatness.com. Um, this is why, though, Mark, I will say the upside is that these verdicts are ripe for appeal for many reasons. I thought his most egregious move, and you will understand this as an attorney, is that he wanted to, he told the defense attorneys they had to vet, pre-vet questions related to numerous FBI informants in this case with the government. So they had to tell prosecutors what they were going to ask witnesses, i.e. FBI agents, about running multiple FBI informants into this group months before and on January 6th. That, I mean, I'm not an attorney. I'm Why? sure you would find that. Because he was part of covering up with the government. No, 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 no. But what is the legal? Uh, but he's not going to say he is. Why, what, uh, what, what conceivable legal basis would there be? To protect them? I, I don't know. Yes, to protect them. He mm-hmm. also, when one of the defense, one of the members of the defense team uncovered messages between FBI agents talking about doctoring reports, deleting evidence, and surveilling attorney-client communications for one of the defendants, he stepped in, stopped the cross-examination of this FBI agent, let the DOJ come back with their excuses as to why these messages had been concealed and accidentally uncovered by a member of the defense team and bought into the Justice Department's excuses, which I'm sure you will be surprised to hear they claimed were classified uh, information, classified Mm. communications. This is the sort of travesty that was happening in this trial before a D.C. jury, very biased D.C. jury, by the way, coming back with convictions on the extremely rare charge of seditious conspiracy for four That, that is amazing. I want people to understand that law was used to uh, prosecute uh, people during the Civil War era. That's right. Not today. And let, let me ask you this. Did I read properly somewhere, maybe it was your piece, that he also allowed in closing arguments the government to play a video of Donald Trump making statements? It was. So the comment by Donald Trump in the September 2020 presidential debate, when he was goaded by Joe Biden and Chris Wallace to condemn white supremacist militia groups, Joe Biden mentioned the Proud Boys. So Donald Trump said, OK, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. That clip was played multiple times during the trial. 
And it was the first clip that Assistant U.S. Attorney Connor Mulrow played during closing arguments last Monday. I was in the courtroom to hear it. Not a clip of the Proud Boys committing violence or trying to overthrow the government that day. That was the first clip that they played, which is why these convictions are pose such a grave legal threat to Donald Trump. This is the roadmap to charge Donald Trump with the same uh, offenses, including seditious conspiracy, obstruction, conspiracy, regular conspiracy, and other counts, which is... But, but let me just get this straight here. Headed. Your, your point, this is very important for the public to understand. Mm-hmm. A comment during a national debate is played during a criminal prosecution in which people can lose their liberty. And the purpose of that is to try and show some kind of causation, some relationship between that statement and what the Proud Boys did or didn't do. That is so outrageous. It is unbelievable to me when I read that. I said, are you kidding me? How the hell do you get away with that? Now, the problem with the circuit court is they loaded that damn circuit court up with a bunch of Democrats, too, didn't they? They did. And we can get into this another time. While this trial was going on, there was what one justice on the uh, what one judge on the circuit court called a splintered ruling about the most common felony used against January Sixers, which is obstruction of an official proceeding, this 1512C2, which is a post-Enron evidence witness tampering law. They, the DOJ has also weaponized that statute against January 6th or so. This was a crazy trial. Don't hang up. Folks, keep listening. We're not done. The exquisite Julie Kelly, and we will be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. So, Julie Kelly, they use an Enron-related statute on obstruction. They use a Civil War-related statute on seditious conspiracy. So they really were shooting for the moon. They got the moon. They knew they would have a jury and a judge that would help them. And... um you're right. They're laying the foundation for Donald Trump or anybody else they want to go after here. This is just unbelievable to me. And 
Not a single judge has stopped any of this, have they? The only judge who has stopped the obstruction of an official proceeding uh, felony is Carl Nichols, also a Trump-appointed judge. And this is how 1512C2 obstruction got to the appellate court, this splintered ruling, which did not make a lot of sense. That's not the final word on it. But he is the only judge, Mark, 12 other D.C. district court judges thought that this obstruction felony, which was intended, as we just said, post-Enron, would apply to January 6th protesters, including people who committed no other violent crimes. The way that DOJ is using this, they are adding this to more than 300 cases to um, add felony counts to otherwise mostly misdemeanor cases to turn Trump supporters into felons. This This is the charge that Jacob Chansley after 300 some odd days in solitary confinement, finally pleaded guilty to and got sentenced to 41 months in prison by Royce Lambert, a Reagan appointed judge. This is how they're. Oh, I know Royce Lambert. I'm very disappointed. Very. He should really retire. Yeah. Yes. He should really retire after what he did to Jacob Chansley. Not only, and he kept him in pretrial detention, Mark, Jacob Chansley wasn't accused of another violent crime. Royce Lambert kept him in jail strictly on that count. Other judges have done the same. Timothy McFadden did it in the Tim Hale case. I have numerous examples of judges denying bail to people accused of obstruction of an official proceeding, keeping them in jail until they are tortured into a plea deal or go before a D.C. by D.C. jury and are immediately convicted. These judges in that courthouse, and I'm very familiar with that courthouse, Julie, there's a big conference room where if they choose to, they all sit down and eat lunch together. Are you aware of this? I can only imagine. And, I mean, they don't have to, but they typically do. There's a cafeteria in there. They can bring their own lunch if they want. And they discuss their cases, which they're free to do. But... What happens is, like any other cloistered group, um, if they want to get along and so forth, they can basically conduct themselves in a similar way. And so that's what's happening here. And it, and, and it, most of them, and most of them are former federal prosecutors out of the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yes, Almost they all are. of them. I. Almost all of them. There are a few who came from the public defender's office, but almost all of them, Mark, have some ties to the Department of Justice, including the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, now run by Matthew Graves, a Biden campaign advisor, a Biden appointee who's handling all of these cases. Um, And so, you know, they're working with former colleagues or one-time colleagues or an office that I'm sure they have a lot of loyalty to. And so that's why you have a, someone like Tim Kelly, who has denied, I can't even tell you how many defense motions, but during the trial, almost uniformly, uh, you know, uh, overrode or did not allow defense objections, overruled defense objections while sustaining uh, government objections. This was such a rigged trial. And 
But again, because I think the Judge Kelly and these prosecutors certainly understand the stakes, and that is this is only creating the roadmap for special counsel Jack Smith to bring the same charges against Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a key figure in this trial, not just the clip that was shown repeatedly about the debate from the debate, but the conspiracy mark that the government said the Proud Boys started started on December 19th of 2020. That is when Donald Trump first tweeted about January 6th, said, come to D.C., will be wild. This is how the how prosecutors created this case. And the idea that Donald Trump had nothing, was not a part of this prosecution is complete folly. This is why they brought these charges, kept these men in pretrial detention for two years, allowed this bias jury to handle this, this, this trial. Uh, and now you could see the glee on the left. You could see the glee by Democrats. Adam Schiff today tweeted suggesting that these verdicts will now lead to Donald Trump. And the other thing is, um, when you have cases like this, they're going through people's social media. So if you put something on there, let's go to Washington and fight this, blah, blah, blah. I assume that showed up in court, too, and they were trying to show, see this, see this? They were trying to overthrow the government, right? Almost all of the evidence is gleaned from text messages or posts in encrypted chats and on Parler. Who tries to overthrow the government and they put it on Parler? Who tries to overthrow the government, Mark, and they assemble at the Washington Monument and they stop at food trucks on their way to the Capitol? Who tries to overthrow the government in the case of Ethan Nordeen, who walked through open doors with Capitol Police standing right there? Who tries to overthrow the government by force and brings no weapons? This is the case against the Proud Boys. None of it matters. Two years I've been following uh, these, not trials, but the hearings and then the trials that started last March. I understand exactly what these prosecutors are capable of and more importantly, what these judges are allowing to happen in these courtrooms, which is why I feel absolutely certain that when they bring indictments, Jack Smith brings indictments against Donald Trump, um, they will move forward. A judge will deny change of venue motions, just like every single judge has done in every single case here. None of these trials should be happening in Washington, D.C., they will deny any change of venue for Donald Trump, and they will allow these indictments to move forward. And even more shockingly, Mark, if he is charged with seditious conspiracy or even obstruction, there is now precedence to keep a defendant charged with those crimes under pretrial detention orders, meaning denying bail. And I would put nothing past these judges and these prosecutors to do the same to Donald Trump. And here we are in the middle of an election, an ex-president mm -hmm. seeking to be president again. And the special counsel is appointed by the attorney general. This is how you know the fix is in. Not to investigate his boss, which is why you have a special counsel in appearance of a conflict, but to investigate his opponent. And that tells you that the fix is in, that they picked this guy, Jack Smith, that it's all happening in Washington, D.C. It tells you the fix is in. And uh, these are horrendous times, absolutely horrendous times. The law really is being turned inside out. And Julie Kelly, 
I want to thank you for everything. Obviously, you'll stay on this. Uh, but even when they appeal, um, that doesn't mean they're going to be out, out of prison. They could be sitting in prison during the course of the appeal, correct? Well, they absolutely will. And sentencing won't be until the end of the year. And as you know, Mark, they can't even appeal until they're sentenced. And these crimes carry 20-year maximum prison sentences for each of these conspiracy charges. So they're all in prison now? They have been in prison, four of them, since winter of 2021, denied release by Tim Kelly even though three of them are veterans. Joe Biggs is a Purple Heart veteran. They have no criminal record, and they were not charged with violent crimes. Tim Kelly has kept them in jail, indefinite incarceration for almost two years before their trial began in January of this year. This is how inhumane this man is. And this is why he was invested in guilty verdicts. He wanted to justify what he did to these men. So that's why he acted on behalf of the government, because he's kept them cruelly, inhumanely, unconstitutionally in jail for two years before this trial started. That's why he wanted to justify what he did. It's amazing in a sickening way. And you could see how they how they how they pulled certain stunts and did certain things to Paul Manafort and Roger Stone in that D.C. District 2. You know, my own view is the Republicans need to break up that uh, judicial district. They need cases that involve uh, individuals in an administration to take place outside of the District of Columbia just because it's way too partisan. And um, uh, there is no way a Republican can get a fair break or anybody associated with Trump or anybody who shows up in a clip. Uh, that they try to associate with Trump and these individuals who are on trial. And it's it's really just sickening to me. All right, Julie Kelly, I want to thank you. I know there's not many outlets that uh, where you can speak these days, but you're welcome here. You take care of yourself. Mark, thank you so much for covering this from the beginning uh, with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. Or we wouldn't know fully what the hell's going on here, and it's not pretty. It doesn't matter what you think of the Proud Boys as a group. I don't know anything about them. It's like QAnon. I don't know anything about them. I don't even want to know anything about them. That's not the point. Some of us are civil libertarians. And we're in different parties and have different viewpoints. A Dershowitz, a Levin, however you want to put it. But we believe in the Constitution. And we don't think people should be railroaded. We don't go with the mob. We just don't do it. Now, here's one thing I will guarantee you and my audience. And Mr. Producer knows this. Nobody else or very few people are going to cover this story. Because there's a price to pay. But the hell with it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go. Let's go to Cindy, Mountain View, California, the great KSFO. Cindy's gone. All right. Let's go to Casey. Sorry, Cindy. 
Pineville, Louisiana, the great KSYL. How are you? I'm wonderful, Mark. How are you? Let me look. I'm doing great. Thank you. Mark, I mm. called you to tell you that you are my 5 p.m. Central Time date, Monday through Friday, and to say prayers for President Trump. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Louisiana. We appreciate that. Let's keep rolling here. Uh, let us go to Barton, West Bloomfield, Michigan, XM Satellite. Barton, how are you, sir? I'm fine. I've talked to you before about electric vehicles in the past. Yes, yes. I don't know if you yeah. remember that conversation that we talked about. But oh, anyway, I do. I make... a... And what do you think about electric battlefield tanks? Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I'm going to talk to you real briefly about this. I think we should do a, a Fox News special on and try to get Fox News, Fox Business, and all the Fox-affiliated stations. And we should explain to the American public about why electric cars are not the reasonable type of driving. Right, listen to me. I run my own show. I don't run all the shows on any network. Westwood One, Fox, Blaze, you name it. So I can do what I do. And I did an entire show on electric batteries, electric cars, China, all the problems. What, Mr. B, about three months ago, right? An entire show. When President Obama was in the office, that's what we talked the last time. Well, sir, I'm, I'm pleased to know this. Is there anything else you wanted to mention today? Yeah, I would like to ask if you could talk to Maria Bacheloa about doing... All right, thanks for your call. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Let's see, when's the last time... And I love Maria Bartiromo, not Rotoroma. Uh, When's the last time I spoke to her when she was on radio? We don't just call each other, hey, you know what? We ought to do this, we ought to do that. We're not a union. We're all independent, pretty much. And since I'm not in New York, and I'm not in the Washington studio, I'm really, truly independent. In other words, I I don't even get to see most of the people. I saw uh, Guy Benson on the airplane today. That's about as far as it goes. Anyway, thank you, folks, for your calls. Appreciate it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, the freedom fighters in Taiwan and Ukraine, and you, the great patriots of America. God bless each and every one of you. You're a great blessing. Trust me, I know that. I'll see you tomorrow.